The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're doing well today. I don't know, what is it, Thursday evening, Friday morning? We're going into another weekend, another weekend where we will continue to put out shows. Folks, we are growing by leaps and bounds, so thank you very much. Please continue to share the Dust and Gold Standard with your friends and family, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I'm getting so sick and tired of the Apple Podcast Player because we chop up these shows into 30-minute segments. It's something that Mike Moore uh, has us do, part of his uh, model on how he releases stuff. So we've been doing that from the beginning. And uh, there's a reason for it. Eventually, I'll explain that to you. But when you're listening on the podcast players, it's supposed to play part one and then roll into part two, part three, part four um, seamlessly. And for some reason, at least on my phone, iPhone 13 with the iTunes player up to date, or the Apple Podcast Player up to date. It's not doing that, folks. So uh, in the coming weeks, I I think it's going to be around January 1st, I'm launching a subscription-based RSS player that is going to have all of the shows on there in full, not chopped up into segments with no ads. And I did the uh, spreadsheet numbers on this, figuring out if you transition from the public side of the podcast over to the subscription side of the podcast, how much I would technically be losing in ad revenue. Because at the end of the day, I, I have to build this up into a certain amount of revenue per month to be able to make it worth it so that I can afford to keep the lights on here in the studio, put food on the table and save a little bit of money towards this little homestead we want to build out in uh, West Virginia. You know, my wife works. She does well. She's been with the same company for about uh, nine years, uh, but I've got to make this work so that I can uh, focus on this 100% of the time. So I will announce that in the coming weeks. Hopefully you guys will spend a few dollars a month it's going to cost and transition over to that because then you can listen to these uh, podcasts in full with no ads. And I'm trying to see if I could put a feature on there where you could pay and gift it to someone because uh, people have asked me about that. I think it's a great idea. Uh, for instance, I've got guests that have come on the show, and I'd like to be able to gift them access to the podcast not broken up into segments with no ads so they can listen, because a lot of them have started to share the show with their friends and family because they've listened to some of the other content we've done, and they really like the direction this show is going in, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let me pull this up on the screen quick. And first off, since we got that out of the way, folks, come on. Five-star review at Apple Podcast with a comment. Not that hard. I think we're at 86 or 87 reviews. Apple hasn't uh, 
taking them away from us in about a week or two. So we'd like to get to 100. I mean, there are thousands upon thousands of people tuning into the show. We should really be at like 250, 300 reviews. So if you could do that, please do so. Uh, people have written beautiful comments. I really appreciate it. It keeps me motivated to keep digging and researching and analyzing this data for you. I pour my heart and soul into this show, folks. So please do that. If you haven't had a chance, join pain.tv slash gold uh, for $8.58 a month for basic, or it's like $49 a month for the hot wire, which you'll get access to Mike Moore's highest level of intelligence. Either way, you're going to get access to the Dustin Gold Standard and the Thomas Payne Podcast ad-free video versions of the show, as well as a Facebook-like application that you can access via logging into the pain.tv slash gold website or downloading the pain.tv app. And there's like-minded folks on there. I think it's a couple few thousand people. Pretty big community, very active. People are sharing information back and forth. It's a great place to network with like-minded folks. I had a few people reach out to me from pain.tv slash gold asking about whether or not I was ready to try to find land and build some sort of half Amish community in West Virginia because they were interested in doing something like that. Unfortunately, I'm not ready. I don't think I'll be ready to even talk about a project like that uh, other than in uh, sort of generalities or wargaming ideas like that with some of the other guests here until about a year from now. Because I have to build up uh, revenue coming in from this. And then if I'm going to take that on, that's basically going to be what this show becomes probably in 2024. Uh, And we'll just be talking straight solutions and working through how to set that up. We're going to have to get organic farmers on. I have a lot of ideas for what this community might look like. And then more guests may come on, more of you guys from the audience, and we can have open discussions about what something like this would look like if people are really interested in it. I'm all for it. I'm just not uh, financially in a situation to be able to uh, do it or dedicate my time to it yet. Um, And I don't see anyone else leading a project like that. If there are, let me know. Maybe we can join in with them, take a look at what they're doing. All right, folks, uh, let me pull this up on the screen for you. Also, uh, yeah, here it is. Okay, so I'm at my Twitter account at Hackable Animal. And Jay Smith, all right, who's at Jay Smith? That's just letter J Smith, 403-97886, if you want to follow Jay Smith. He tags me in this post. He says, anyone else here? at Hackable Animal's voice while reading this. That's me, folks. And this was a thread written by uh, Anant underscore Tap. And it said, write how Donald Trump might explain Bitcoin. (laughs) So some people jumped in on the conversation saying they wanted to hear me read this. Now, I'll be 100% honest with you here. I have written comedy in Donald Trump's voice for both myself when I used to dress up as Donald Trump and do an impression for corporate and private events. And then also before that, so I was back in 2016, 17, 18. Before that, I had a few different people portray Donald Trump for my comedy troupe that went all the way back to 2008 or nine. Um, So I used to write comedy 
coming out of Trump's mouth, okay? So, and to be honest with you, this isn't written that great for Trump. So I may elaborate a little bit, but I'm going to read this for everybody because they asked me to do it. Uh, (laughs) So I will do it for you. I normally like to mix Trump in to the show when I'm just in the mood to do Trump. I don't normally like to read from scripts, like on demand. I don't like when people ask me at parties, you know, can you do Trump? But if something happens around the campfire or uh, when we're doing a cookout at the house or something and I'm just in the mood to do Trump, I burst into Trump. Like if the moment arises and I'm like, hey, it fits, I just go with it. Of course, when I would do it for parties and corporate events, I'd be dressed up in makeup with a fat suit. I had the wig, the contact lenses, big white, uh, pearly white teeth. Um, And, you know, obviously I was there to do Donald Trump. But when I would do that, I stand six foot three to begin with. I would wear two inch platform shoes to put me up about six five because I like Trump to be a really imposing figure. I like to be able to tower over people when I was in character. And that's uh, because when I would get up on stage, say, with the CEO of some company, I wanted to be able to stare down at them and make them look inferior to me. It worked well, especially when you do the the handshake uh, with the right hand and then you grab the elbow with your left hand and pull it in real tight like Trump would do, almost taking charge. So it says, write how Donald Trump might explain Bitcoin. It says, Bitcoin is a big, big, big deal. Trust me. Trust me, it's the biggest, most amazing thing. No one knows money like I do. I have never said this, but other people have said it. No one knows money like Trump, right? No one knows money like Trump. America is going to love it. It's a currency like no other, and it's going to make America great and stuff and things and everything. Again, unbelievable. So great. So great. So stupid. So unbelievable. It's a digital currency, big numbers, and it's going to be billions and billions. They say it uses energy. That's fake news. Fake news folks unbelievably fake fake news everybody hates fake news so stupid so stupid energy is good energy is fantastic it's tremendous unbelievable everyone loves energy they love edison they love tesla they love energy right everyone loves energy the more energy it uses the more secure it is everyone loves security security like a wall more secure than a wall unbelievable so great like a wall that keeps getting bigger and bigger a wall so big it'll not only stop illegal aliens it'll stop space aliens believe me believe me it's a great great thing believe me folks believe me you don't want to miss out on this china does not like it china does not like it they do not like it they banned it it's going to make america great and stuff and things and everything again bitcoin unbelievable so great so incredible so stupid but the best thing i have ever seen right people so great great people unbelievable people they use bitcoin in china unbelievable love chinese people so cute so cute tiny people ugly people but beautiful people so great they're always squinting 
squinting like they're looking at the fine print of a cell phone contract right or they're looking into the sun unbelievable people the chinese bitcoin's so great unbelievable believe me folks believe me unbelievable so great so great all right ladies and gentlemen so i elaborated i added about two or three times what was actually in that but uh jay smith i know you listen to the show everyone else that commented i know you do as well so i hope you appreciate that uh little trump reading for you folks there also i wanted to bring this up i was tagged in a post by hopeless american on twitter as well over at the hackable animal account and it was a little meme that said life hacks 2022 edition i thought it was good i'm gonna add to this but it says one if bill gates is involved avoid it so true folks number two if biden says it's true it's false i would say if anyone in government says it's true it's false so let's expand we can't just say biden number three if the cdc fda say it's safe it's dangerous yeah, very true ladies and gentlemen for if congress makes a law to help you it will eventually hurt you yes a hundred percent and number five if the media agrees it's a lie yes almost everything you see on mainstream media fox msnbc cnn abc cbs it's a lie, ladies and gentlemen. I think we know that to be true. So that's Life Hacks 2022 edition. We'll see what Life Hacks 2023 edition looks like, you know, or as we move into the, the new year, ladies and gentlemen. So anyway, that comes out of the Twitter news, folks. And I thought I would share that because, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys tagging me all the time. And there's a number of people, dozens at pain.tv slash gold sending me stuff every day and i just haven't had time to cover that because we're in this cbdc ubi you know ethereum discussion right now so what we're going to do today ladies and gentlemen in episode 107 is we're going to get back into the world economic forum june 26 2022 central bank digital currency discussion but before we do that and i know yesterday i promised i wasn't going to go into a lot of articles here i do want to show you something that i've been researching that i'm going to pick back up once the world economic forum discussion is over with but this is over at ethereum.org i've been doing a lot of research on the governance of ethereum and i just want to show you we're supposed to believe this is like a leaderless company no one's really in charge of it but i just want to show you how complex this is okay how complex this is and then we have uh in september uh, just a few months ago, Ethereum merge is done, and this was a new era for the second biggest blockchain. And what Ethereum did is they moved to a new system away from the so-called miners. We'll get into that momentarily. And and so they're using 99.99% less electricity, less energy to uh, mine the Ethereum Bitcoin. And you say to yourself, for a leaderless resistance, how did these folks all agree on this, folks? It's so mysterious. And if anyone knows more about this, I would ask you to reach out to me at the email goldatpain.tv and come on the show and explain it. Because for me, just a mere layman here, it is not adding up, ladies and gentlemen. 
On one hand, you have Vitalak Buterin, the co-founder of Ethereum out there, speaking on behalf of Ethereum. On the other hand, they tell us that there is no leader. It's completely decentralized. But then there are major decisions being made and Ethereum's being upgraded. And somehow all these companies are funded by someone and something. It's just a giant web and it doesn't make any sense and if it doesn't make any sense right then i use my common sense and i tell you there is more than meets the eye ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard you gotta love bitcoin unbelievable right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash Gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold. Welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Ping.tv slash gold. All right, folks. All righty. All right, I'm going to pull this back up on the screen. We're at ethereum.org. And by the way, you know, our doula came over uh, last night, and so she brought over her wrap. So my wife today was practicing this wrap. It looks like a cocoon on her belly, like she's pregnant again with uh, Willie inside of it, Willie G. So she's going out to Costco right now. She's got to pick up a couple of things. So she's going to take Willie G out for his first trip inside of a store, inside of the cocoon wrap. So that should be quite interesting. We'll find out if he freaks out or if he just chills uh snuggled up in a fetal position against his mama's bosom and uh, behaves himself i think he will i think he will he's a pretty well behaved little character all right ladies and gentlemen let me just show you this this was last updated november 29 2022 so like what a week and a half ago and it says introduction to ethereum governance i i just want to show you this because I want you to understand how complex this system is. And this is what the central bank digital currency tests are being run on top of in many cases, in many cases. It says, if no one owns Ethereum, how are decisions about past and future changes to Ethereum made? Ethereum governance refers to the process that allows such decisions to be made and tell me this is not a system of technocracy here folks not run by the scientists engineers and technologists because i don't know or you or i any of us sitting on some board somewhere that votes on this stuff i don't think so it says what is governance governance is the systems in place that allow decisions to be made in a typical organizational structure the executive team or board of directors may have the final say in decision making or perhaps shareholders vote on proposals to enact change in a political system elected officials may enact legislation that attempts to represent their constituents desires or not right or or they attempt to enact legislation that does not represent their constituents desires that's in most cases decentralized governance 
No one person owns or controls the Ethereum protocol, but decisions still need to be made about implementing changes to best ensure the longevity and prosperity of the network. This lack of ownership makes traditional organizational governance an incompatible solution. It says Ethereum governance. Ethereum governance is the process by which protocol changes are made. It's important to point out that this process isn't related to how people and applications use the protocol. Ethereum is permissionless. Anyone from anywhere in the world can participate in on-chain activities. There are no rules set for who can or cannot build an application or send a transaction. However, there is a process to promote changes to the core protocol, which these applications run on top of. Since so many people depend on Ethereum's stability, there is a very high coordination threshold for core changes, including social and technical processes to ensure any changes to Ethereum are secure and widely supported by the community. It says on-chain versus off-chain governance. Blockchain technology allows for new governance capabilities known as on-chain governance. On-chain governance is when proposed protocol changes are decided by a stakeholder vote, usually by holders of a governance token, and voting happens on the blockchain. With some forms of an on-chain governance, the proposed protocol changes are already written in code and implemented automatically if the stakeholders approve the changes. Are you understanding this? Because I'll be honest with you. I don't. <laughs> it goes on to say the opposite approach, off-chain governance, is where any protocol change decisions happens through an informal process of social discussion, which, if approved, would be implemented in code. Ethereum governance happens off-chain, with a wide variety of stakeholders involved in the process. Whilst at the protocol level, Ethereum governance is off-chain, many use cases built on top of Ethereum, such as DAOs, D-A-O, use on-chain governance. And then you could read more about DAOs. All right. Then it says who is involved. So think about this, because we're reading the rules of Ethereum, which many people say is almost like its own digital country, its own digital nation. So you would have to look at this as similar to the Constitution and then the Roberts Rules of Order, you know, that kind of thing. So this is what makes up Ethereum, how it's governed. Uh, you know, like we talked about the decentralized servers and the nodes and all this stuff. It's just floating around out there, but you can't really find um, how exactly it works. You know, it's all this nonsense. But we know that Ethereum now is being used as a backbone to build central bank digital currency, build metaverse, Web3, all this other stuff. So it's kind of important to understand this, similar to reading the technocracy incorporated documents from the early 1920s to the mid-1930s. It's important to understand, you know, if this is the system we're going to live under, I'd like to read it, just like the Constitution. I may not have an effect over this government, but I'd like to understand how it's supposed to operate, at least in theory, right? in theory and if this is overly complicated good good because if you don't understand it then how the hell are you supposed to live within it how are you supposed to interact with it goes on to say who is involved there are various stakeholders 
in the Ethereum community, each playing a role in the governance process. Starting from the stakeholders furthest from the protocol and zooming in, we have one, Ether holders. These people hold an arbitrary amount of ETH. Okay, now I'll be honest with you. I have about, I don't know, $200 in ETH on a coin uh, base wallet. I have about like $500 in some crypto sitting there from, I I told you on another show, I got paid by somebody in Ethereum. So I cashed it out, immediately turned it into US dollars, transferred it to my bank account because I needed to pay bills. But they paid me in Ethereum, otherwise I was going to have to wait a week or something to be paid through PayPal. It was for like a little web project. So I had kept some. So it's in there. It's gone down in value. I don't know. I figured it was a few hundred dollars. I would just hold it and see what happened. Uh, Second is application users. These people interact with applications on the Ethereum blockchain. Then you have application tooling developers. These people write applications that are run on the Ethereum blockchain. For example, DeFi, we know that, decentralized finance, a scam. NFTs, non-fungible tokens, etc. Or build tooling to interact with Ethereum. For example, wallets, test suites, etc. Node operators. These people run nodes that propagate blocks and transactions, rejecting any invalid transaction or block that they come across. EIP authors. These people propose changes to the Ethereum protocol in the form of Ethereum improvement proposals, EIPs. Then you have miners and validators. These people run nodes that can add new blocks to the Ethereum blockchain. And as far as I know, they got rid of the miners and moved to the validator model. Goes on to say protocol developers. These are AKA core developers. These people maintain the various Ethereum implementations. For example, Go Ethereum, uh, Nethermind, Bisu, Aragon at the execution layer, or Prism, Lighthouse, Nimbus, Teku, Lodestar at the consensus layer. And that's not consensus the company. It's just consensus. And then you can go into each of these in depth. It says, note, any individual can be part of multiple of these groups. For example, a protocol developer could champion an EIP and run a uh, beacon chain validator and use decentralized finance applications. For conceptual clarity, it is easiest to distinguish between them, though. (laughs) Are you understanding all this, ladies and gentlemen? Seriously, this is what uh, CBDC is going to be run on top of here. And again, you're supposed to believe this is some kind of a leaderless resistance. Well, who came up with all the names and the groups and the classifications and how the system works? And who funds these people to sit around and make changes to the network? How does all this work, ladies and gentlemen? Come on. Come on. This is not running uh, like a well-oiled machine without someone owning this system. It said, what is an EIP? One important process used in Ethereum governance is the proposal of Ethereum improvement proposals. EIPs. They are standards specifying potential new features or process for Ethereum. Anyone anyone within the Ethereum community can create an EIP. For example, none of the authors of EIP 721, the EIP that standardized NFTs, have worked directly on Ethereum's protocol development. 
So now it, it gets into the formal process, the informal process, understanding prior work, working groups, community consensus. Then it's got handling disagreements, the Dow fork, uh, the utility fork, uh, beacon chain development. How can I get involved? And then it's got links to propose an EIP, discuss current proposals, get involved in R&D discussion, join the Ethereum R&D Discord, run a node, contribute to client development, core developer apprenticeship program. Uh, And then it's got further reading here. And you can get into notes on blockchain governance written by Vitalak Buterin, uh, Peter Thiel's guy. Governance on Ethereum. How does Ethereum governance work? How Ethereum governance works? What is Ethereum core developer? Governance part two, plutocracy is still bad. Moving beyond coin voting governance. So Vitalak Buterin wrote a few of these, or at least he's credited with writing a few of these. And so you can get into uh, all this stuff here. I, I just happened to click on, you know, run a node. It says spin up your own Ethereum node. Running your own node provides you various benefits, opens new possibilities, helps to support the ecosystem. This page will guide you through spinning up your own node and taking part in validating Ethereum transactions. Note that after the merge, two clients are required to run an Ethereum node, an execution layer. Folks, it gets into all this technical stuff. Now, There was an article written on Coindesk in September, and this is the Ethereum merge is done, opening a new era for the second biggest blockchain. And we'll get more into this once we get the panel discussions done, because I'm still doing research. But basically, Ethereum went through this big, giant merger recently uh, to reduce its energy costs. It says the massive overhaul of Ethereum, known as the merge, has finally happened, moving the digital machinery at the core of the second largest cryptocurrency by market value to a vastly more energy efficient system after years of development delay. It was no small feat swapping out one way of running a blockchain known as a proof of work for another called proof of stake. Quote, the metaphor that I use is the idea of switching out an engine from a running car, end quote, said Justin Drake, a researcher at the nonprofit Ethereum Foundation who spoke to Coindesk before the merge happened. The payoff is potentially gigantic. Ethereum should now consume 99.9% or so less energy. It's like Finland has suddenly shut off its power grid, according to to one estimate all right but this gets into all about how this merge occurred so you say to yourself okay how did this work who voted away the miners those are the people that were like mining cryptocurrency i'll get into this stuff eventually but you're supposed to believe this is some sort of leaderless resistance yet someone is running a website on all the instructions someone has control of this system to believe it's just floating around there dude it doesn't even make sense folks it doesn't even make sense sense i mean think about it and now you're going to have central banks and private sector banks commercial banks regulated non-banks all these folks working together to build central bank digital currencies and distribute universal basic income and entitlements like social security and disability and welfare across a system that claims to have no leader it just exists out in cyberspace up in the cloud which we know more than 
than 50% of it is parked over at Amazon Web Services, who's a government contractor, works for the intelligence community. I found many, many more uh, contracts that Amazon has with the government. Also has contracts with the central banks. It all makes sense to you now, folks. This system, this is my opinion, because I don't know if you're ever going to find the truth, but to believe this stuff just exists and it floats around and there's all these individual people around the country and uh, three of them talk in a Discord group or in Telegram and they make decisions and then there's mysterious votes by different levels of kings and queens and wizards uh, and then it magically all happens is preposterous. It's preposterous, folks. It's a fairy tale. I think you know damn well who actually controls this system and I do too. And as of right now, just to cover our asses, folks, it's our opinion that this thing is completely controlled by the state and or central banks, which are one in the same. This is not some uh, decentralized system that just floats around in a cyber cloud somewhere. That's ridiculous. Someone is setting it up. They're managing it. And there's no way that there's just a bunch of people doing this that are disjointed and not connected. It would not work. It's impossible. It's impossible. Use common sense, ladies and gentlemen. All right, when we get back, let's delve into World Economic Forum, June 26, 2022, Central Bank Digital Currencies. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Goldberg the dust of gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold 